Welcome back to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball on this glorious eve of the national championship. I'm Cole, here with my co-host, Jeff Tate. Jeff, it is an exciting day. It is a beautiful day. We are on the eve of my Michigan Wolverines taking on Washington in the national championship. I've been waiting for this forever. I love my Wolverines. This is going to be a special, special day for me tomorrow. Jeff, what are you thinking on the opposite side? You hate this team. Their arch rival is playing the national championship. How are you feeling? Are you going to be a Big Ten man and root for the Wolverines? What are you thinking here? Well, I'm going to be a Big Ten Big Ten fan and root for uh, the Washington Huskies, the future of Big Ten. But, no, I it is not a fun thing for your rival to be in a national championship game. Luckily, I can – it is, it's kind of nice to know that in my life, Ohio State has won one. And so it's, it's if Michigan won one, it would cancel each other out. But at the same time, no, I do not want Michigan to win. But Cole, it's an amazing day for anybody that likes sports because national championship games are just amazing. Everything about them, you there's a story behind it. You had the whole season where you had to win advance and I know it's a little different when we get to the college basketball tournament in two months but college football it's right now it's probably one of the harder championships to win just because you have to basically be perfect the regular season and then win some really hard games when you get to the end of the season and it's one of those things that you got to respect both teams that got there and I I respect what Michigan has done and I obviously respect what Washington has done and I know we are just in for an absolute thriller of a game. I just we'll get into the game here in a sec, but I just don't see a scenario where either way is a blowout. Um, I just think both these teams are too good, and I don't see a scenario where like it's a two touchdown win by any of these teams. And I like going into a national championship game knowing that because last year we went into a national championship game knowing that Georgia was going to smack them. I think it was. I want to say Georgia was definitely a two-touchdown favorite or a double-digit favorite in that game. I'd have to look it up, but everybody pretty much knew that wasn't going to be a game last year. And I know the line's four and a half um, for this game against uh, Washington and Michigan, but I don't anticipate that game being a blowout. So that's a great thing to know going into a championship game, Cole. Yeah, I honestly thought four and a half was um, more than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to uh, be no more than a field goal. But, I mean, that doesn't mean anything to me. Most weeks, the, I can, I'm can i able to like, oh, the line means this, and I can kind of see where to go from there. Like when Michigan remained a favorite against Bama, I knew that meant something. Like that's big. Um, but the, the Vegas has been wrong on Washington all year. They've been correct with Michigan for most of the year. But they have been absolutely wrong on Washington all year. So it's not like I'm sitting here, oh, we're favored. This is going to like, of course we are. Like, this makes me feel good because Washington's done nothing but win when they're not favored. Obviously, they're nothing but win when they are favored. But it's the, 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 the spread doesn't mean anything to me this game just because of the way Washington has performed despite whatever the spread says. Um, so, I, I mean, Washington is an elite team and they are the epitome of who cares just when um, they, whether they're favored or not favored back against the wall, they find a way to win. They always have a great game plan to start the game, especially um, 
and there's a bunch of players who seems like they don't care about anything outside. Um, they just know that they got to go and do what they got to do to win. And it, it seems like they are just completely locked in. It feels like they all threw their phones away. And the only thing they know is the next game. Um, and you know what? That's why they're here. That's why they're in the national championship. And also that's, that's why Michigan's here. Cause with all the adversity they faced this year, um, all they knew is to put their heads down and, and, and only come closer uh, with each other. And, just to play harder and play for each other, play for their coach, play for Michigan, and just only play to win. And so despite all the adversity that, honestly, Washington hasn't necessarily faced a lot of adversity, but just from um, just the doubters Washington's performed, and in Michigan, the adversity they faced has only brought them close. So these are two teams that who have responded when they need to. Um, and there's no like, oh, shaky TCU, what's this going to happen? What's like this? And there's, there's none of that for either of these teams, which is why it's such a anything could happen in this game. Um, honestly, I, I think the obviously the most likely scenario is a close game, whoever wins. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a world where Michigan killed them. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a world where, where Washington uh, killed Michigan, just because with the, the the way these two teams are so contrasting in their styles of play, what if one style is just bad for the other team's style where Michigan can just somehow, for some reason, their running game just can't keep up with that Washington pass attack in our defense. Um, it's just something that we can't handle. And, um, Washington just kind of runs away with it and just, and, and is dominant with it. Cause it is an elite, elite passing attack that, um, honestly, I don't think I've seen something as pretty as this in college football in a while. Um, but on, on the other side, what if um, sort of Michigan does similar to what Arizona State did to Washington and um, has different blitz packages and gets to the quarterback and, and uh, drop a lot in zone? And Washington has a hard time moving the ball in Michigan, and then we just kind of run the life out of them. And, and so, like, that's, that's the, the styles are so contrasting that anything could happen. I think that's what makes this game so exciting is that we have no clue what is going to happen uh, with these two teams. And most likely it will be a close game. These are two elite teams, but I, I'm excited to see how these two styles uh, match up against each other. Yeah, and Vegas has not gotten anything right with Washington all year. I'm just looking back. Three of the last four games, Washington has been at least a touch or at least a field goal underdog. Okay, so go back to Oregon State on the road. Uh, and Washington won that game. You go back to the Pac-12 championship against Oregon. They were 10-point dogs. They won that game. And then you go to the playoff game against Texas where they were four and a half. But I think by the time that game started, it was three and a half, and they won that game. So it's one of those things where every time they've been underdogs, they've come through. Uh, and it's it's interesting because they are I, – I thought four and a half was a lot too, Cole. Like I, I, I actually got five. I put – put a good bet on Washington plus five and not even just because I thought that they would win the game, but I think that it's going to be a very close game and five was a lot of points and saw some value there. So I took it. Now it's down to four and a half at most places, but no, you're right. These, these teams are so contrasting in terms of how they go about winning games. So I think the number one key I have for this game in terms of, and this has nothing to do with exactly the game on the field, just because if he plays, it's great for them. If he doesn't, it's not good for them. But Dylan Johnson is Washington's running back, for those of you that don't know. He basically is their only running back because you look at you look at the stats, the next best guy has 194 rushing yards. Will Dylan Johnson has almost 1,200 rushing yards. 
16 touchdowns. He got banged up in the champion or in the semifinal game against Texas. Kalen DeBoer did say he expects him to be ready to go. It, it wasn't a new injury. It was something he had been nursing most of the season. He's he's a difference maker in just the fact that you don't want to have to rely on. It looks like, and I don't know this for a fact, but it looks like Will Nixon or Tybo Rogers would have to be the guy that would get carries if Dylan Johnson can't go. You don't want to have to rely on a guy like that in a national championship game. And Dil, it's not like they lean on Dylan Johnson, but I mean the guy has over 220 carries. Uh, that's a lot of volume for a running back, and he just he gives. The offensive line confidence. He gives Penix confidence. He gives coaching staff confidence. And that's a guy you got to keep an eye on because he is – sounds like he will go. Now, you never know the, the uh, chess matches these coaches play in between games where they're like, oh, yeah, you know, he's good to go and he looks great. And then you get to the game and he's he's not good to go. It's, it's just – it's gamesmanship. It's what coaches do. But I think that's one of the big things. And then I think, like, from – on the field, the biggest thing, and I think you would probably agree with me on this, Cole, is Michigan's defensive line versus Washington's offensive line. So Washington's offensive line is the Joe Moore winning award for the best offensive line unit in the country. This is an award Michigan has won a lot in the past. And I looked at the stats. Washington has only allowed 11 sacks this whole season, Cole. And Arizona State and Oregon were the only teams that got that got more than one sack against Washington. And so you look at it, and Michigan has 39 sacks. Obviously, Michigan's pass rush caused a huge issue for Alabama in the semifinal game. And they overwhelmed them. They brought pressure from all over. But this is a Washington team that has a ton of experience on that O-line. So when I just look at the number one thing in this game, I say it comes down to the, the offensive line for Washington pass blocking because if they give Penix time, I Michigan's defense and secondary is elite. But I, if you have all day to throw, especially with the element of the deep ball that they use more than probably any team, that definitely any team that Michigan has played this year. I know Alabama liked to do that as well, but if we're comparing Alabama's deep throwing game to Washington's, then it's we can't because they're not comparable in terms of Penix is such an elite placer of the ball. Like we talked about it when we broke down the playoff semifinals. I mean, Penix is throwing 60-yard balls in a like in a one-yard radius where he can only put the ball, and it's every time. And it's one of those things that you just got to – you just got to admire it because like Cole said, he throws a great ball um, and it's a beautiful type of throw. So I, I think it comes down to can they block? Because if they're not giving Michigan three, four, five sacks like they did against Alabama, Alabama was getting into spots where it was second and 25, third and 18. Like anytime you play an elite defense, you're not going to be able to pick those up. And that that is just that's hard to even do against horrible defenses let alone one of the best, if not the best defenses in the country in Michigan. You can't be behind the chains like that. And so I would say that's the number one thing that I look at this game on paper, but also just from watching because I have watched probably at least, I'm not, I've definitely not watched as much Michigan as Cole has, but I've watched every game of theirs, at least some. And 
every time it's they're getting pressure of the quarterback. I mean, Ohio State, they did. And Ohio State, I would say, did a better job handling the pressure than uh, Alabama did. And you, if you look at grades and better O-lines, Ohio State would probably have a better O-line grade than Bama. But according to awards and uh, everything else, Washington is the best O-line that Michigan's going to go against. So what does that mean? Well, it means you have to pass block. Like If Washington can't do it, I find it very hard for them to win because Texas had an elite defensive line, and they – didn't even get to Penix at all in that game. So that's my number one thing. Cole, I got a lot of other things, but what are your thoughts on that matchup specifically? Yeah, the Washington does something really uh, unique and interesting. So what I've noticed is they, they get angles. On, like Penix is amazing at throwing his receivers open um, and just putting that ball in the exact right spot. And especially watching them in person and watching them against Texas, there's ways that they when they run sort of these – intermediate to deeper routes behind the safeties um they kind of curve around and they get certain angles on their the the guys covering whether it's a db or a safety but in order to get that angle immediately as the ball snap penix rolls to the right um which he's a left-handed quarterback so he runs to the right like he's a right-hander very calm very cool calm collective when he's going that and then he just takes like two bounces turns to his left side and then he's back in rhythm it's almost like the pocket all the way shifts to the right and then he, he finds that. Or he'll do the same thing, just roll to the left instantly as the, the pocket moves with him. Um, it's like a, a, a deeper a deeper drop. And he just looks, and then there's a new angle with the safety that he's e- easily able to just loft that ball over. Um, so I think the big thing is, can will Michigan see that? And can they almost set that edge early? Maybe bring some corner blitzes or something to make sure that he can't roll just really comfortably to each side to create those better angles for him to throw the ball uh, to Odunze, to McMillan, to their stars, but especially to Odunze because he seems to, when he's there and gets there to his spot, it's almost like there's a spot he has to get to before he throws the ball. And when he gets to that spot super comfortably, it's almost like, yep, this play is going for 20, 30 yards. Um, So Texas was a bad matchup, I think, in the sense of their interior rushes are elite, but that didn't matter much to what Washington likes to do. It's, it's the edge rushers that need to be able to set the edges to, to really keep Penix there. Because um, he's not a big, he can run, but he's not the scrambler guy, but he likes to move to get to a spot. Their offense designs plays for him to move to get to spots. Um, so if we can disrupt that, if Michigan can disrupt that and get their edges um, set early and hard, um, especially by some bringing some blitzes from the outside. Um, I know Sanders still um, has, has come off the edge on a lot of those. Um, and I think if they can do that, it might, I think it will disrupt what they're trying to do. I don't think they'll get as many explosive plays because um, it's, it just seems something that's so unstoppable. And, and when you can create favorable uh, angles for yourself um, with receivers like that, and I think that's such an advantage. So I think that's the first key is don't let them – don't let Penix get to his spot. Don't let him get to the spot that he wants to throw. And, and that all starts, obviously, with that – um, defensive line, specifically from the outside and the edges, and do they bring uh, blitzes from uh, the corners? And then um, the other thing I think is also really important is Michigan drops back 70% of the time end zone, um, which is a team that they haven't really seen much. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's I think, third in the country in zone. So that's something that is hopefully going to make it force 
Washington to have to go a little more intermediate passes and short passes, which they've shown that they can do, but obviously the bread and butter is the deep ball. Um, so can, if Washington is deciding that they're still going to rely on that deep ball, is can Michigan drop back far enough, remain in coverage long enough for that battle to eventually be won on the line? Obviously, like you said, the line is very, 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 very important. So it really is big that we are able to stay in coverage long enough and drop our zone deep enough to give our line times to win their battles and get home to the quarterback. So I think I think you're absolutely right. The the trenches, especially that offensive line for Washington versus the defensive line for Michigan, is what is most uh, a very very important matchup. Um, and and I really think it, it comes starts with don't let Penix get to his spot. Yeah, and it's one of those things too. Like great analysis there is with with them not seeing zone a lot, and that is correct because Michigan does play zone more than most of the teams that Washington has played this year. I think you see a guy, and I am really high on him because I, I think against Michigan State he had three touchdowns is their tight end Jack Westover. So he he's not the equivalent because they're way different players. He went to Wilson's he went to high Wilson's school. Wilson's high school. Roommate's high school. Really? Yeah. And so yep. Wilson tells me every and day. So it reminds me of like <laughs> Ohio State has a lot of elite receivers. Always have um especially in the past like five to ten years. But they always have that like guy that can kind of sit and not go deep. And that's a tight end. So Cade Stover has kind of been that for Ohio State. I really am interested to see Jack Westover in this game because against Texas, he had a huge role. Um, This is a guy that has 41 catches on the season, and he had six for 59 against Texas. So I think you see them try to uh, utilize him a bit more if the deep route is being taken away. Um, But I also wonder how Penick's legs are used in this game. So he ran three times for 31 yards in the semifinal game. And they were huge runs. Like they were, I know it's only 31 yards. He averaged that out just over 10 yards a carry, but they were big moments in that game where he was able to get out and scramble. Like Cole say he scrambles out of the pocket instead of throwing. It's not there. I take off and run. I think that's something that I'm really interested to see. It's interesting because Washington has scored 22 plus points in 13 of their 14 games this year. It's no secret Washington is an offensive ball club. Michigan has allowed 22 points two times this season out of 14 games, and that's against Ohio State and Maryland. Here's the thing I think. I think this game comes down to ultimately can Michigan make Penix uncomfortable? And like Cole just said in his analysis, that's a one way that you can definitely make Penix uncomfortable. You take away him rolling out of the pocket, setting his feet, throwing it downfield. And it's it's going it leads me into my next which is kind of my thing I'm saying is the next most important thing is and I'm thinking I know more Washington to Michigan cuz hey the old offensive line against the defensive line you can flip that right around because Michigan's offensive line is if not if they obviously didn't win the award for the best, they're top 5 in terms of how they play offensively. Do you know who won the award? The Washington won the Joe Moore award. They did. Okay, yeah. So I know so I know Washington won it. You guys have won it a lot in the past. And I know Michigan, it, they didn't win it. They're definitely one of the best teams up there at offensive line. And Washington's defensive line is nothing like crazy, I would say, like Michigan's. They have Braylon Tri- or Braden Trice, who's an elite pass rusher. He's, he's going to be playing on Sundays. But Michigan, you can flip it right around. Michigan 
should be able to impose their will running the football on Washington. But Michigan plays a lot of zone. You're not going to see uh, – it didn't happen against Ohio State where Will Johnson shadowed Marvin Harrison. He was against him a lot in coverage. But I don't think Adunze and Johnson are going to be matched up every single time. So it comes down to the other guys for Michigan. But the thing that's so interesting about Washington is they have so many guys. Like it's Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, both of those guys over 1,000 yards this season. Jalen McMillan came into the year as kind of the guy in terms of he. it was him and Adunze, but a lot of people thought he was the best one of those two. And so it comes down to how can Michigan guard these guys. They did a good job against Ohio State taking away uh, elite pass catchers. I will say I think the quarterback difference – between Penix and McCord is obviously noticeable, and I'm wondering how that all factors into it. But Cole, I mean, it's just it all it all starts. Can does Penix have time to throw? Because I think if he has time to throw, I think Washington wins this game. But if he is rushed and he can't make his deep throws or even intermediate throws, I think you see Michigan win this game. Because I don't know how they've never had to do that against a team as good as Michigan. Because you said, yeah, Arizona State did weird things to them defensively, and they really struggled. Arizona State is one of the worst Power 5 teams in the country. Michigan, obviously, is the number one or number two team because they're playing in this game. And so it comes down to that. And then you factor in Arizona State didn't have the offense that Michigan has. Because if Arizona State had the offense Michigan has, Washington probably has a loss at this point. So those are my kind of big, big things that I think you see affect the game. Yeah, and and just to be clear, I – Everyone has weird games. I don't hold Arizona State against uh, Washington at all. Uh, I'm just saying that they, they may have. We saw what happens to Washington when uh, Penix is uncomfortable. Um, that's that's the only – Oh, they yeah. definitely did, Cole. 15 points. Like, this team scores. And when you, you – no, you you are totally right on how you use that as an analysis. Sorry, because they 15 points to hold Washington to is insane. We are – obviously, we I think we're going to drop back uh, in zone a lot this game. Um, but there's just going to be plays when you're not in zone. Um, and even you're, you're always – even if you're in zone, you're going to start kind of around the guy you're going to be um, relatively with. And it's going to be Will Johnson will be with um, – Will Johnson will be on Romo Dunze for obviously majority of the play. So he'll, he'll have that task the most. Um, Josh Wallace, who was a transfer from UMass, I think he has been. He we we uh, in the preseason analysis we were looking for who's going to be that number two corner behind Will Johnson. We had no idea at the beginning of the year. Josh Wallace has stepped up and has been very very good for us. He will be on Jalen McMillan, um, who yeah he you're right Jeff he is a great receiver. Um, he would be at a thousand yards this year if he didn't get hurt. Jalen Polk was able to shine um, a lot when because when McMillan was out, and honestly, I think Washington's better for it because now they have three um, stud options at receiver. And then uh, Mike Sainer still will be um, on uh, Jalen Polk, and that th- those three matchups are so good uh, as far as just a chess match between three great on great, um, and that, that's gonna be really fun. Um, and and you, you mentioned Jack Westover earlier. He, um, if you watch Washington this year, he would be quiet throughout the game. But come fourth quarter, when they needed him most, when they needed the big plays, when they needed to just move the chains, he was always their guy that they went to. So even though his numbers from the rest of the season, with the exception of Texas, don't necessarily pop out, he 
is their guy that they trust, and he's just a big, big part of their team um, and of their offense, especially when they really need one. Um, I will say, um, you also mentioned sort of a comparison to Ohio State. Obviously, uh, the passer uh, is a little better for this team than it was for Ohio State. But uh, Joel Klatt made a really good point this week. Michigan, when they kind of revamped and changed everything, um, their goal was to, they changed everything to just mold their team to beat Ohio State. That was their main thing. Um, and that was what uh, three years ago now. And that was against the C.J. Stroud and that passing attack and to just be able to play against elite, elite receivers in a really dominant passing attack. So I will say, even though maybe the passer isn't the same um, as what Ohio State was this year, Michigan's team as a whole is built to take on an elite passing attack because we really only changed and adjusted everything just so we could beat Ohio State. And it just so happens that Washington plays very similarly in the fact of a style of play of, uh, of an elite passing attack to Ohio State. Um, so I do think that is at least encouraging for Michigan. Um, that that is what has that's just kind of our style and what we adapted to. So you know what? Thank you, Ohio State. I just wanna I'll say something nice about Ohio State. Thank you. You've prepared us um, to take on Washington in the national championship game. So thank you, uh, Ohio State. Um, but yeah, I think I think as far as the Washington offense versus the Michigan defense side of the ball, I think um, I think those are the matchups that we have to look out for. And I think. I think we've, we've absolutely covered and, and gone through that whole side of the ball in that matchup. So then flip it around because I know it's a, it's a Michigan's offense is it's not a sexy offense. That's, that's a fair way to describe it, but Hey, who, no one is going to care if it's a sexy offense or not, if you win a national championship, nobody. And so Michigan obviously relies pretty heavily on running the football, which is not something that Washington is going to do. It, we talk about differences and everything in this game. I mean, start off that. Michigan is going to want to run the football versus pass the football. It's just it's just how it goes, and that is what they do. I mean, you look at it, and they have Blake Corum, and why wouldn't you want to run the football and the O-line they have? So, Cole, what are your biggest keys? Because Washington's defense isn't as good as Alabama's defense. That's You can look at all the metrics. That's Alabama's defense was better. What what do you need to see from your offense tomorrow night to get the victory done? If the defense, maybe if this has to turn to a shootout, what do you need to see? Yeah, I think there's a few kind of pillars of this game. I think the first one was the Michigan D-line versus Washington's O-line and went trying to win that battle. I think the second big pillar of this game is can Michigan establish the run? Because if you establish the run, first of all, what that does is it eats clock and just keeps the ball out of the, the best player, in my opinion, the best player in the country's hands, at least the best quarterback in the country's hands. Um, and that is so important. If you, if, if you can just keep the ball away from Michael Penix and not let him make him sit on the sideline um, and that elite offense, I think that is so important. That, that is a big, that's a huge momentum swing of the game. So, Washington has not been great at stopping the run this year. They just haven't. Um, they, they Their defense has gotten better as the year has gone on for sure. But as far as stopping the run goes, I, they're not amazing. And we know that's exactly what Michigan loves to do and likes to do. Um, the problem that, like, if you look at last week, another reason I think that Texas 
they they just didn't stick to what they should do, and they looked. They honestly, I thought it was it was a stupid coaching job at times because they were averaging six yards a carry, but they were throwing on first down, second down, and so it was oh third and ten, you have to throw it again, or second and ten, I gotta throw the ball in behind the chains. They were they they only ran for like oh barely over a hundred yards, I think, and they were averaging six yards a carry. Like what? That you you are able to run on this team, and I think Michigan has a better rush attack rush attack than Texas. Um, so if Michigan is disciplined, it doesn't because Washington can be vulnerable at times in the pass game and on defense. So sometimes you can you can get lost in one trying to keep up with Michael Penix, and two, um, just like oh we can throw, let's let's go for the big play. If Michigan is very disciplined and says no, we're just going to run the ball, we know we can. Um, that will be a huge game changer in this game because you can run six yards a carry is a huge huge number, and I think Michigan has a better rush game than Texas. Um, so I think that is the big thing is honestly, we could see a, a, a game that is just high scoring um, where Texas scores in two minutes and Michigan scores in five, six minutes and just run, 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 run pass, run pass. And like, and maybe, maybe these are, this is a game. There's so many outcomes for the way this game could turn out. And maybe this game just turns into a, whoever has the ball last, but one team's running every play and one team's throwing it. Um, yeah, so I think that's the big thing is let's establish the run early if you're Michigan, and can you? Because um, re- obviously, once you establish the run, everything else opens up as far as play action and everything. And I think Michigan will be disciplined. They've proven that they can be disciplined. Um, they proved that against Penn State. Um, that, look, if we can run the ball, we're just going to do that. Um, we ran the ball every time in the second half with the exception of one play that turned out to be a pass interference call, so the pass didn't even count. And so they've proven, Sharon Moore has proven that he can be a disciplined play call play caller and go with what works and I don't think Michigan is going to play like Texas and throw the ball when they shouldn't um and yes JJ McCarthy is not nearly as sexy as Michael Penix and not as good obviously not as good um but he does have the capability to push that ball downfield and make some very um elite quarterback um just decisions and throws and so I I'm just I just don't want Michigan to just try and throw the ball every, every play. I think this established the run and everything will fall into place. Yeah, and I think I think one of the big X factors on Michigan's offense is JJ's legs. I think we saw that. I mean, I think it was like third and eight, or no, probably I think it was third and ten. It's Jerome Moore called a QB power with JJ McCarthy. It's a they have ultimate confidence in running JJ. And I think you're I think you're really gonna see that in this game because I think you're gonna have to. I think Michigan's gonna be able to run the football. Um but there are some pretty good guys, I would say, that bring pressure for Washington. And they have a really good um, defensive back in Muhammad that, I mean, he's, he's, he's one of the better guys. He shut down Xavier Worthy in the, in the semifinal game. So all I know, Cole, is and I think it's a good time to get to predictions is this game is going to be for anybody that is neutral watch this game like I know sometimes national championship games people are like oh it's so late at night well this one isn't bad 7:30 probably going to kick off about I would say 8ish cuz anytime they say 7:30 it's not kicking off at 7:30 so it's probably going to be 8 o'clock on the east coast it's going to be like your typical monday night football game it's going to be done 11 11:30 and it's worth it i mean i don't we fi- we have the two best teams in college football it's the two best teams, and they're two very different teams in every facet of how they go about playing football. And I just think it is going to be 
an amazing football game. And I'm going to start us off with predictions, Cole. And I, I will never and can't pick Michigan in this game. And you're, I know, obviously going to pick Michigan. But I think Washington wins this game. And the reason is, is I think they have the best player in the game. And I think that matters when you get to these games. But I'm not saying this game is going to be a blowout at all. I have Washington 31, Michigan 28. I see, I pick these games close. I, I just, I do see where, I think if there's a scenario where it's a blowout, it would be, it would be Michigan blowing out Washington because if they are able to run the football relentlessly and use eight, nine minutes a drive, I mean, you can't do anything if you're Washington. So if, if there is a blowout factor to this game, I would actually give it to Michigan when I think a lot of people might think Washington because of how high power their offense is. But no, I would give Michigan the nod. But I got Michigan 28, Washington 31. And I I know what you're going with, but I want to hear a score prediction. I, I have one question. Yeah. To be honest, it's just you and me, no other listeners. Do you believe that? Oh, I believe it. I do. Because every time I've been wrong about Washington this year, they go out and are the way better team on paper and it's like, or on the field. And I'm just like, why do I not pick them? But so if if Michigan was the same exact team, but it happened to be, they happened to be called Penn State or let's say Tennessee, they happened to be called Tennessee. Would you pick Washington? I do think I would. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Honorable man. Um, So I. Washington is a very good team, and this is a team I've honestly been rooting for all year. Obviously, there's a 0% chance I hope they lose, and I hope they it's, I hope Michigan just kills them, obviously. Um, I think this it is more likely that Michigan destroys Washington than Washington destroys Michigan, but I do think either outcome could happen. Um, and also, I think the most likely outcome is that it's a close game. Michigan, I mean, Washington, about, let's say, a month and a half ago, before that Oregon State game, I would have said, Washington's a very good team. They're not built to beat Michigan. They're not built to play, uh, to be a tough football team and win games like that, until I saw the way they went out and played Oregon State in the pouring rain. And then I was like, oh, this actually was a prove-it game. This was a toughness game. This showed everyone that they are a very, very tough team, um, a resilient team. Uh, and a team that can win in many different ways. And so that game showed me a lot about Washington and, and definitely um, pr- proved to me that they're, they are a, they're, they're toughness and they're a team that will not go quietly um, by any means. I do think that the zone, so that's, you're good, Washington. I do, I love you guys, but not enough. Um, I do think that Michigan dropping in zone is going to slow down that Washington offense enough. I think that it will make them uncomfortable. Um, and they won't be able to take those deep shots as much. And I do think you will see just a few more punts from Washington than we're used to. I'm not saying they're going to be shut down by any means. It's so hard to shut down that Washington offense, but I do think they'll have maybe two or three more punts than they've usually had in every other game, which is a very substantial margin, especially in a game in a national championship game when, uh, the margins are so close. Um, I think Michigan will be able to run the ball very well um, against this team. Um, there's going to be plays. There's going to be giant big plays that Washington makes. I think there will be big plays that Michigan makes. Um, but I think ultimately it's going to come down to just the fact that Michigan 
is going to be the more consistent team. Um, they're going to have the more consistent offense and the more consistent defense. Washington is definitely going to hit their home runs, and they are going to keep this game close, and it's never going to be over until that final whistle. But I think because Michigan will be the more consistent team, um, and they are going to at least take the air out of the ball as much as possible. I No, obviously, Michigan is going to win this game. Um, I've been bouncing between the score because it's, it's high scoring, low scoring, middle. I have no idea. Um, I keep going back, but I'm thinking Michigan 27, Washington 21. I think Washington does have the ball driving at the end, um, similar to an Ohio State-Michigan situation. And I think um, Michigan finds a way to just stop them, which is like an incredibly terrifying thing if Michael Penix is driving down the field to win the national championship against my team. Um, but I think, I think that we see uh, 27-21 Michigan win. So that's a cover for Michigan in that scenario for you. Uh, I I have a one of the good friends I work with has a massive future on Michigan. I'm talking talking a good bit of money, and so he's uh, he's trying to figure out how to hedge it because it was a free bet. So it's one of those things where you definitely want to hedge that because it was a free bet, um, and you can guarantee yourself quite a bit of money. So that's uh, I know one thing. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun reaction episode. Uh, for me, if it goes one way and a amazing, like top, like complete euphoria feeling from Cole, if it goes the way that it's favored to go and that Michigan wins, but we will see you for that episode. And I don't know what to expect. It's going to be, it's probably the one that it's going to be really, really hard for me to record if it goes Michigan's way. But Cole's the one Michigan fan. I'm saying this before this game happens. And it, and you guys are going to listen to this Monday, the day of the game. We're recording this Sunday. He's the one Michigan fan I really, truly would say that I will like actually text congratulations to because he knows what the rivalry means to Cole and I. We've always, it's no secret in Cole and I's life that Ohio State has dominated the rivalry. They have won national championship. And it's one of those things that I will definitely be texting Cole. Congratulations. It's not just a, a half-assed text. It's it's I mean it. And it's a fun day for Cole tomorrow. It's going to be a nervous day for Cole as well because it's it's a good nervous. It's not like Cole's confident in his team, and that's the best way to be. But any last thoughts, Cole? I, I can't believe we're here. Uh, obviously, like sort of like you just mentioned, since you've, you've known me since sixth grade, um, and it's always been Michigan, Ohio State, but you've just been on top of me the whole time. But but you know that every single preseason year, I was always, this is our year. I've always been overly ecstatic. I've, I've literally rode with Michigan every single week of every single year for as long as you've known me and before that. Um, and I've just, there's been dark days and days like, I just want to be there. I just want to be at the top of, of the mountain like I love this team so much. I love I love Michigan, um, and I just like pinch yourself. Like I can't believe I get to play. There's only two teams that get to do this this year, um, and every year I can't believe I get to play for my team gets to be in the national championship. I get to watch my team in a championship game, and it, it is um, it is just a very very happy feeling. And obviously nervous for the game. I'm so excited for the game, but it's still. Man, I like my team gets to play for a national championship. I am not taking it for granted. I am so 
just happy and grateful that I get to be a fan of this team. I'm sure Washington fans feel the exact same way. I know they feel the exact same way, actually. Um, and I know also every other team wishes that they were in this position. Every single other team in college football wishes they were here. Um, so that's, that's a whole nother level of appreciation, especially knowing that I was that team that was always wishing I was there. So um, it is... This is a, I am just trying to soak it all in. I'm so happy to be here, um, but the job's not finished. Um, and I am, yeah, I, I just, I don't even know what to think. It still honestly hasn't even sunk in that Michigan's to play for a national championship. Um, here, my my roommate just slid something onto my door, like a little prick. Says, uh, obviously this isn't a recording. Said, go dogs, while I was recording. Um, so if that's any tell on what this household is like, um, that's just, it is what it is. Um, uh, I feel horrible for him that he's going to have to go through this tomorrow with me. Um, winner of the game or loser of the game has to buy the other, the national championship t-shirt. So I got, I got a lot on the line here. Um, but man, I am just so grateful and happy, um, that I get to, I get to have a game tomorrow. And that's, that's the only, only way to look at it. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm excited. And just grateful, and I cannot wait to watch the ball game. Well, you're 60 minutes away of actual football play from either pure happiness or pure heartbreak. Uh, I am 50-50 with the Buckeyes in those games, and they are very nerve-wracking. I'll tell you what. The first one, I was 14 years old, and if I was how crazy I am now, that would be it, that would be rough. So we will see all of you for a college football recap episode it'd be our last it's our last big episode for college football and then we're hitting college basketball running enjoy the college football national championship between the number one team michigan wolverines and the number two team washington huskies we'll see you later on a degree in sports